Welcome to the Commission Podcast. We've been spending our summer at Revive 2019, Commission's annual Bible festival. And for the last few episodes, we've been in the seminar tents, listening to a whole variety of topics. Today, we're hearing from Sam Williamson, Senior Pastor at Grace Church, Worcester Park. Sam spoke about how we can have healthy tech tactics for our family. Uh, thanks for coming. My name is Sam Williamson. I'm the pastor at Grace Church, Worcester Park. You are here for Tech Tactics for Families. I don't know why you're here uh, individually, uh, but I'm going to assume you are here for sort of practical uh, thinking through how tech, how we can use tech or not use tech or control tech or understand tech in our families. So I'm going to assume you've got families or expecting families. Uh, and I'm also going to tell you right off the bat, there's not much about tech in the Bible. So there's not so many things I can say you must do that and you mustn't do that. Uh, and so I'm not going to do that to some extent. I'm going to try and give you a few principles to think through uh, how we use tech uh, or how we can use tech uh, and parenting ideas and uh, other things. Now, there's going to be discussion time because, again, this, is, this needs to be applied. Otherwise, there's no point in me just standing here telling you what I do. Uh, but uh, that's what we're going to be doing. Uh, so you can either just stick with uh, your other half if you're sat next to your other half, but it might be better to sit in sort of family groups of two or three families together so you can talk. Uh, my qualifications for this seminar are that uh, I, I have an iPad. I think that is about the uh, level of my technical ability. Uh, I have four children between the ages of, should have prepped this, seven. My wife is, is it seven or eight? Seven and, eight, and 18, so that's quite a range. Uh, so we're dealing with high school, top end, and uh, junior school just coming out of infant school. So uh, I'm not an expert, uh, but we've got some experience, and uh, I've done a little bit of thinking through it for you. Uh, now, obviously, I'm reasonably good at tech, so nothing ever goes wrong. Um, <clears throat> hang on, sorry. Okay, that was meant to be funny, but... You know. <laughs> anyway... I've listened to a few conversations uh, and I've thought through, obviously, before I came. What are some of the problems with tech? Uh, I'm going to show you some on the screen. Uh, the World Health Organization recently recognized a new illness called gaming addiction, or a new addiction, if you like. Uh, educational specialists are suggesting that it stunts creative thinking and imagination. Health services uh, have sh are showing links to the increase in mental health issues and obesity. Uh, last year, there were 3,000, just in the UK, 3,000 online grooming convictions in the UK. That's just those that are convicted, 3,000 in the UK. Uh, the average child spends five hours per week, sorry, per day, per weekday uh, on screens. Uh, that's an American statistic, but I doubt it's much better here. 80% of teenagers admit to having viewed pornography. Uh, social... Uh, the church, by which I mean just sort of me, uh, you really notice a difference in social interactions when kids bring in screens and iPads and games into church situations. Uh, parents, by which I mean me, uh, and others that I've talked to, uh, there is a massive increase in grumpiness in kids. There's no when they've been on the iPad playing together or at each other. Uh, and also a decrease in kids' motivation or their ability, if you like, to self-soothe or find their own activities or games uh, to keep themselves content. Even Prince Harry, and this was only a week or either this week or last week, uh, said this about the online game Fortnite, if you don't know what that is. 
uh, nor do I, but the quote's good. Uh, it's uh, Someone better could probably tell you, but basically an online kind of multi-platform, multiplayer online fighting game. Uh, he said about this, the game should not be allowed. It's pretty straightforward. Where is the benefit of having it in your household? It's created to addict, an addiction to keep you in front of a computer for as long as possible. It's so irresponsible. And then Prince Harry went on to add, social media is more addictive than alcohol and drugs. And he should know. Oh dear, come on. I don't know, what churches do you go to? You're allowed to laugh, it's all right. If Prince Harry, even, is saying, uh, we presume not a Christian by what he says and what he professes uh, in public, if even he, the world, is saying this is dangerous stuff, all these things, surely the church ought to be aware that this is unhelpful and dangerous. If we know that, in a sense, tech has some real dangers, some real uh, bad things about it, some problems with it, why do we allow bad tech habits in our families if we know there's problems? Why do we allow them? What is it that makes us think, well, I, I just can't stop it or I'm going to allow it because? What are those things? I'm going to show you now four areas that we're then going to spend the rest of our time going through and looking at tactics to try and help us with. Uh, but four areas that I think categorize most reasons why we allow bad tech ha habits in our families. Uh, so the first one is tech is good. There's lots of great stuff about tech and technology. Uh, so we're going to look uh, briefly at that. Uh, secondly, tech versus parenting. I've called it the elephant in the room because I, I really do think it is the elephant in the room. Uh, lots of things in this world are bad for us. We don't normally tend to blame them for the problems we're having. So if our ch we find out our child has been running blindly across the road for five years, we tend to do something about it, don't we? We don't blame the the road or the cars. So we are going to talk uh, about some principles of parenting and think through how maybe we can uh, think through making changes uh, in situations we've, we've already got ourselves into, which we want to change. Uh, thirdly, tech illiteracy. Perhaps we have a lack of knowledge uh, or tools to govern or control the use of our children's youth, use of tech uh, in this ever-changing world. So we're going to look at some practical uh, things for that. And fourthly, tech alternatives. We're going to do a little bit of thinking about what, what are the alternatives to tech? How can we replace uh, the bad things of tech with something better? So they're the things we're going to go through. Uh, first one then, tech is good. Uh, and I've got the tactic one, which I want you to try and remember is, when you use tech, have a useful aim, not aimless use. Okay, did you get that? When you use tech, have a useful aim, not aimless use. So in other words, think of tech like a tool, uh, a very fancy Leatherman there, not something just to wind away the hours as if it's a god, which we worship and do anything it says, okay? Tech is a tool. That's what it's designed to make life easier, so we use it as a tool, not to control our lives. And I think that's where a lot of the problems come in. So uh, here's an example of some things that tech is good for. Tech is good for doing homework, for example. It's good for educational training. It's good for Skyping extended family. It's good for Googling questions, perhaps even in a family conversation. It can make things funnier. Uh, it's good for entertainment, if it's controlled, and uh, we'll look at that in a second, so games and TV, etc. It's good for organizing events and social things. And you could go on and on about how useful tech is, and I'm really streamlining into sort of screen tech, if you like, in those things. 
But tech is bad if we are aimlessly browsing social media and YouTube and what else. There's, there's no point to what we're doing. We haven't got a, an aim in mind when we're doing that, and we just aimlessly while, while away uh, the time. This is useful for us as adults as well, probably. Uh, it's, it's, tech is bad if we're aimlessly binge-watching or watching things for hours and not getting enough sleep or we're not doing our homework, whatever it might be. Uh, Tech is bad if it, we're using it as an aimless distraction. So we want to just avoid something else. So we're going to uh, get our heads into tech uh, for us or our kids. Uh, and aimless social media conversations at the expense of people in front of you. It, they're all kind of aimless uses, aren't they? That's using tech aimlessly. Whereas I'm suggesting we want to have uh, tech... When we use tech, we have a useful aim every time. So I'm not saying never, ever have a phone out in your house. But I am saying, when the phone comes out to ask Google or Siri or Alexa or whatever is a question, it's got a name. There's a purpose. We're not, it's a tool to get something done that we want done. So we're in control. We've looked at how we should use tech when tech is good. The next thing is, though, tech versus parenting. Uh, this is the one where no one talks to me afterwards. Uh, tech versus parenting. Here's my tactic two. Tech is not the problem. I've already said this. Parenting is. Do something about it. That sounds a bit harsh, uh, but let me explain. Uh, some of the reasons we uh, allow these problems to come into our families might be laziness. It's just the easiest thing to do. Uh, I'm not picking on anyone. Who do I know that I can look at? Uh, but that's a reality, isn't it? We're just lazy sometimes as parents, and we just, that's just the easy option. It might, though, be time or financial constraints. Uh, just the way we've worked our lives I mean we haven't got time to entertain the toddler, but the iPad can do it free for at least an hour and a half. Uh, that is a picture of a baby playing on an iPad, just in case you can't see it at the back. Uh, another thing with parenting, we use the excuse, everyone else is doing it. So that if you like, or it's a pressure from the kids themselves, everyone else is doing it. Everyone else has a phone. Everyone, everyone else's mum and dad doesn't do that. Uh, so we don't want our children to miss out. Uh, another, op another issue might be that it's the only pacifier works. Uh, and I have heard people say that, and that's okay if that's you. But do recognise that's poor parenting, isn't it, in reality? If we can't pacify our children without a screen in front of them, Something's gone wrong, and we want to address that, okay? So I'm just being blunt. Uh, the last one, uh, and I hear this a lot as well, uh, we say it's too late or too hard to change because I, I've let it go for a certain amount of time. I did hear someone saying this, and I just, I'm not picking on you. <laughs> this is genuinely on my notes. It's just too hard to change sometimes, we think. We've let it go too long. They'll rebel against us. Uh, they're now teenagers. I can't make a change. Uh, it's too late. So there's tech versus parenting. Now, I've put three parenting tactics down for you now, uh, which we're going to look at, which, uh, I'm gonna hope, which hopefully help us think through uh, how we can move forward from this point. So parenting tactic uh, number one, and I've got a proverb for each. Train up, your ch train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's Proverbs 22, verse 6. And the tactic I want to suggest is don't be lazy, teach and enforce. Okay? That is what a parent is meant to do biblically. We're not meant to be lazy. We're meant to teach and enforce. Uh, so if you think of uh, a coach in a football team, if they just you know, explain to the team what they're meant to do, but they, they never make them do it, they're not a coach, are they? They're not training them. They're just a, a teacher. 
but there's no, there's no training going on. They've got to enforce a practice. They've got to make it happen. And that's what uh, parenting has to be. And that means it's hard work. Okay, parenting is knackering. It's a lot of effort, and it is hard, and we must avoid the, the uh, temptation to be lazy. We do need to teach and enforce. Why? So that when they grow up, they won't depart from it. That's our job, isn't it? We want to train them now to teach and enforce them, get them into good habits, teach them how it works, make sure they're doing it, so that when they grow up, they don't depart from it. So that's our first parenting tactic. Don't be lazy, teach and enforce. Our second uh, parenting tactic, parenting tactic two, based on Proverbs 13, verse 24. Whoever spares the rod hates his child. That is strong language. Whoever spares the rod hates his child. But he who loves him, also strong language, but in the other direction, is diligent to discipline him. That's Proverbs 13, 24. So I want to suggest that our second parenting tactic is love your child by disciplining them. And I know how countercultural this is, and I'm saying it because you're not alone in wishing you did more discipline, but are afraid to do it. Love your child by disciplining them. The world has twisted our understanding of love. Give them what they want. That's what a love is. Don't discipline them, never rebuke them, don't ever put them down, don't point out their failings. That's what the world tells us. But that's not the biblical view, and it's not the biblical view of how God the Father loves us, is it? We're told all through the New Testament, don't do that, but do this instead. I will give you hardship and persecutions and trials to show that I love you. God disciplines us, his children, we ought to discipline our own children, both to model our relationship to God, how they ought to grow up in faith, uh, but also to model how they grow up in the world, and tech is included in that. If you love your child, says Proverbs 13, verse 24, you will discipline them. Uh, I'm not going to go into specific disciplines now. You can ask me about that later. There will be time for Q&A. Uh, but I do think it's important. Uh, and obviously, as they get older, things are going to change, and it's going to be more difficult. You're going to have to think of different ways of doing it. But our job, remember, is to teach and enforce. And the only way we can do that, the only way we can love them enough to do that, is uh, to discipline them. Love your child enough to discipline them. Uh, and I will say that you can change the rules. You can change what has gone before, okay? If you're in a bad habit, if you're in a bad situation, if things have got out of control, or even if they're just going a little bit away, you can change it, okay? That is your prerogative, your job from God to your child to show them love. Just like I said earlier, if they're running, you find out they've been running back and forth across the road and you suddenly realize, well, today might be the day you realize it's not good to let them play for four hours a day on Fortnite or whatever it is, okay? You're loving them if you stop them and put in consequences and discipline uh, to make sure that happens. Uh, yeah, one, one example of this, because uh, people say, well, you know, we, we shouldn't or can't enforce things on our children these days. It's just not right. Well, when was the last time your child went in the car without their seatbelt on? There are some things that are utterly non-negotiable, aren't there? And we discipline, we force, we make sure it happens. They, we don't move in the car until the seatbelt's on. The knee works a treat if you've got a toddler, just to like, hold them down while you buckle up, okay? We make it happen. 
We explain it's not acceptable, we give them discipline and consequences until they sit in the seat and the seatbelt goes on, okay? That's our second tactic. I told you no one would like me by the end of the seminar. Uh, love your children by disciplining them. Okay, the third one, uh, Proverbs 22, verse 15. Uh, this is my favorite. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. We've talked about discipline, but we haven't talked about folly. Parenting tactic number three, you... Parents know what is best for your children. End of story. You do, not them. Now, this might be a shock to some of you, but it probably won't to most of us. Our children are foolish. That's what Proverbs says, and if we really think about it, it's not hard to see. Folly is in their hearts. There is a reason we are parents, and we are given them to teach and enforce uh, behavior in them. We have more experience, we have more intellect, we have more of life to look back on and change. So we do not need to be swayed by our, there's two types of children. Uh, some will try and persuade you with tears and pleas and uh, others with hugs and kisses and gifts and notes. Okay, I don't know which it is, but you do not need to be swayed by them. You are the parent. We are not friends of them. We're, our aim is not to be best of buddies. Our aim is to do what? To teach and enforce so that when they grow up, they will not depart from those ways. That's what we want for our children, isn't it? We're there to train them for life. So we need to have confidence. Uh, we don't need to be naive. And even if we get it wrong sometimes, which, spoiler alert, we will, it doesn't actually really matter we get it right far, far, far more times and far more better, good grammar I know, than our children ever would if they were raising themselves. We are the parents, they are the children, and folly is in their heart. We're not really talking about spiritual folly here. This is wisdom for practical life. Uh, folly is in their hearts, implying a parent doesn't have folly in their hearts in the same way. So our job is to get that out of them through discipline, teaching and enforcing so that they grow up to be who they ought to be. Uh, so there's my three parenting tactics. So we've uh, talked about tech. How do we use it? Use it with an aim, not aimless use. Uh, secondly, the, the big tactic for parenting was don't make excuses. The way to love our children, however painful and difficult it might be, uh, is to be a parent and sort it out. Uh, so that's what we've looked at uh, then. Uh, we're now going to go on to tech illiteracy and get a little bit more practical. Uh, there's two tech tactics for illiteracy. One is related to literal technology and not knowing what we can use and not use. Uh, and the other one is uh, related a bit more to sort of removing temptation. So the first tech illiteracy tactic is to use tech to control tech, okay? We're allowed to do this because there's an aim, okay? This is not aimless use of tech, okay? Uh, there are three things on the screen there which uh, I use in, with our family. The top one is called Custodio. Tends to come out at the top of the uh, ratings for uh, an app that gives you control and, and uh, viewing rights and access to your children's phones, okay? So if you install that on your child's phone, uh, tell them about it, then why you're doing it, uh, and install it on your phone, you can see who they call. You can, you can control who they call or message. You can read their messages. This sounds big brother, but bear with me. We are parents, and we want the folly out of our children. We love them. Uh, you can uh, limit what web content they can view, uh, and you get reports, and it alerts you to any worrying things that they have been doing, uh, and so on and so forth. There's a free version, uh, but 
but I would suggest I don't think it's very much to pay for the paid version and you get a lot more viewing rights. Explain to your child, however old they are, that you are doing this for their sake because you love them and you want to keep them safe. And if they don't like it, remember who the parent is. Remember, you're not wanting to be their mate. You are doing this for their good. If you don't think they need it, why are you talking to them in the first place and here at this seminar, okay? This is worth doing, and it is a way of keeping them safe and keeping them accountable, okay? There's plenty of things they can get up to no good without you knowing about it, without using their phone. But the phone is one way you can control, and it's also a very dangerous thing that they can use and have uh, if you're not controlling it. So I'd encourage you to get an app similar to Custodio, Life360 uh, allows you to know where your child has been <laughs> at all times. Uh, there's a free version which tends to work for us. It gives you the last 24 hours. It just means you can know where they are. Uh, it's a safety thing as well as a big brother thing. I'll use those words. Uh, but it means they can't disappear off, particularly when they get older, and be lying to you about their location. Uh, it means if they are being groomed and they disappear, you can find them very quickly, okay? This is serious stuff. Uh, and there's good reasons why we do it, and you are the parent, they are the child, okay? So I'd encourage you to have some way of keeping a track on your children as well. Uh, if they have iPhones, then uh, I'd like your job, uh, but also there's, I think iPhone have their own version called Follow Me, uh, and I don't think you need an app to do that. You can just sign them up to the family thing. So even the big companies uh, know this is a valuable tool. Uh, the th one at the bottom is, uh, Talk Talk. Uh, you may not use Talk Talk if you have a better job than me, and you probably pay a bit more. Uh, but all the, net, the uh, internet service providers to around the country have to provide uh, child content filtering for the internet coming into your home. So I said, if you're not doing it, just turn it on. Okay? There'll be a way of doing it. Log into your account, uh, and it filters co content. You can choose all the different things. You can get rid of um, gambling and pornography and um, I'm trying to think of some other, social media, YouTube, whatever you like, just tick all the boxes that you want to control within your home uh, so that they cannot get access to. You might decide if your children are older, you're just going to limit the, the harmful things, and that's okay. If they're younger, you might want to uh, eliminate some of the other things. Uh, so there's some tech tactic ideas just to kind of help you be practical in uh, keeping an eye on uh, your kids. Uh, the second tech tactic for illiteracy is to remove temptation. The first one is to make sure they know that they're accountable. They are your child and they ought to be accountable. We as adults like to be accountable, don't we, to other people? It helps us. So tell them that you have free and full access to their phone whenever you want it. So that they can't be hiding things on there. So when you go and pick it up, they're, oh, you can't invade my privacy. Like, well, tell them in advance that you will pick up their phone at any point and just check that they're using it wholesomely and for good, not for bad things. Uh, I would suggest, but you may disagree with me, that you don't allow phones and iPads in bedrooms. Uh, it's just a recipe for disaster in my personal opinion. But you might disagree with me there, uh, but it just eliminates all of these problems and it eliminates a lot of the sort of mental health issues as well, the risk of cyberbullying and all those sort of things that can come through even with those protection apps and things and content filtering in. There's no need to have it in their bedroom. There's no need they can't communicate with their friends downstairs when people are around. If they're saying things that they shouldn't be saying and their friend was around, you probably wouldn't allow the friend in the bedroom, let alone the phone. So. Uh, I'd encourage you not to have phones and iPads in the bedrooms, but uh, only allow them to be used in family spaces. Uh, 
I'd encourage you with younger children just to have computers in family spaces so that they can't accidentally get onto stuff if they're very young and you're just observing and they get used to this idea that you're, uh, you're making them accountable for their use. Uh, teenagers, we have two. They do have laptops they're allowed to use in their bedroom, uh, but they're only in their bedroom when they're using them. And when they're using them, the door is open and the screen we can see the screen from the open door. So we could, anyone could walk past at any point, and they're using it for a purpose. So there's no aimless use. They may not be using it for terrible things, but they may not be doing their homework, which they're meant to be doing, and they're doing other things. So I'd encourage you to think of a way to make uh, their use of laptops, which they do, I recognize all kids need to be using computers uh, for schoolwork and homework and all of those things. Uh, but make it work so that they're accountable. Uh, the next one is friends follow the same rules. Okay, friends are tricky people. Uh, fortunately, we discourage as many friends as possible uh, for our children. You're just thinking they meet me and that's it. Uh, when your, their friends come in the house, their phones go in the same spot that your kids' phones go in. It's just a family house rule. Simple, job done, there's nothing going on in the bedroom. Okay? Uh, iPads don't go up, laptops don't need to be used when friends are there, and if they do, there's a name, why are you using it? Great, no problem, make sure the door's open or do it down on the dining room table. Uh, follow them on social media. So when I joked you could find me on Instagram, you probably can, but you won't find anything on there apart from a couple of links to my kids who are on Instagram. So if you follow your children, uh, so again, you don't have to ban all of these things, okay? But we, we'll come on to in a minute that they can be very dangerous, so you need to, but if you follow them, Instantly, they're accountable, aren't they? They're not going to put stuff on there that their parents would disapprove of because their parents are going to see it, and that would just be embarrassing, hopefully, if you're parenting them uh, and being firm and disciplined. So uh, follow them on social media. Uh, but this is related to the next one. Abide by age ratings. This is a big one. I think my younger children believe every child, at least every boy in their class in primary school is playing Fortnite. Fortnite has an age 12 certificate. If the world thinks no one under 12 should be playing Fortnite, the church definitely thinks no one should be playing Fortnite under the age of 12. Not only because presumably there's good reason for that certificate, but we don't want to be encouraging them to break the law of the land either, do we? So uh, there's all sorts of... I, I meant to look them up, but I didn't, but there's age restrictions on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about any... But look them up and don't let them use it. Don't let them play games that are below that age rating. If the world thinks it's too bad for them, we really should, okay? Don't let them watch films that are rated too high, etc., etc. They're there for a reason, and we should abide by them. Uh, and then you can blame the government, so that's even better. In my opinion, you should ban Snapchat. The whole premise for Snapchat is secrecy, getting up to no good, doing things that you don't want other people to see. I completely understand that there may be reasons why it might be entertaining, it might be funny, but the temptation, I think, is too strong. If you don't know, Snapchat, I think, shows a picture for about 10 seconds, is it, or five seconds? No one's going to nod, are they? <laughs> I don't use Snapchat. <laughs> 10, seconds. 10 seconds. OK. It's, it's going to be the hardest one to track, to keep an eye on, to know how they're using it. I, I, we say, don't whisper, don't we? It's rude. Don't whisper, it's rude. Snapchat, for me, falls in that category. There's something not right about something that wants to hide everything that's going on. Uh, so personally, I would ban that. 
Next, I would know their passwords. Know their phone password, know their computer password, uh, have access, let them know that they, they'll have to give it to you so that they know that you know and you can check any time, okay? Uh, we would do it as adults, wouldn't we? We don't mind our spouses hopefully knowing our passwords and access to things. We certainly should be making sure we have the same accountability uh, for our children. Uh, and the bottom one, which uh, your teenagers are really not going to like, is don't be afraid to confiscate their phone for breaking the rules. Now, this is a big one, but I think it's significant because it teaches them that they don't need a phone to live life. So it's like a double win, isn't it? You've got a natural consequence that they've abused the use of their phone, and you're teaching them they can live life without a phone. Now, there may be reasons why you're not comfortable with that, safety and things, that's fine, but I'm saying don't be afraid of that as an option if you can make that work. And what you'll find, they'll use their phone less and less, because when they don't have it, they get to realize they can survive through life without a phone. So uh, I'm just saying, don't eliminate that immediately from the consequences list of disciplining, okay? Uh, we tend to take away screen time or this and that, but for a teenager, taking away their phone maybe they may just remind them that they're prepared to use it sensibly and safely uh, rather than lose the phone altogether. Uh, at the moment, for a lot of our kids, tech or screen time, whatever you want to call it, will be kind of the, the go-to option. Uh, and for some of us, it will be kind of the default mode when there's nothing else to do. Uh, it will be the default option. Uh, and I want to suggest our, first, our fourth one is uh, tech alternatives. And that we really, and this comes back to parenting, it comes to, back to this laziness idea, parenting is jolly hard work, is that we want to invest in healthy lifestyles. And if we're thinking screen time, tech, the dangers, these options, this, the addictions, the mental health, all of those things, the bullying, whatever you want to class in it, if we're thinking those things aren't bad, Let's not just think of ways to stop them, control them, and remove them, but let's actually think about how we can give them better alternatives. Okay, so the default mode isn't go and play on the iPad, uh, or the, the choice when they get home isn't the, the best thing to do, is the computer. So there's a few things I've just put up there. Prioritize church, uh, and prioritize going to church and enjoying it. I don't think it's related to tech, but I would ensure my kids went to church. I know there's a big debate over whether we should just ask them whether to go or not. My view is make them go to church. It's the right good thing for them. They just don't know it. So I would enforce going to church uh, and make attendance uh, a priority. Uh, I would invest in a healthy lifestyle by making sure you encourage faith in your family, reading and talking and praying together, spending time together uh, so that they understand your heart uh, with them, they understand why you're doing these things and looking after them so they, because you have faith and you want them to know Jesus as well. Uh, meals, I think, is an important thing. Make meals fun if you can. Uh, I say this knowing that most of our family meal times are a nightmare, um, but if you have an 18-year-old, you'll understand why. Uh, but just prioritize getting together and eating around the table if you can once a day. Uh, I, I know that's not possible for people, but prioritize it when you can. Memories. Make an effort to create memories. Now, this is not the kind of quality time thing. What I'm saying is just decide to make traditions as a family. Do something once a year or every month or for every birthday. Uh, it doesn't have to be extraordinary or exciting, but it will be the things they remember when they grow up. They will be the things they'd rather do on their birthday than get the iPad out because it's a tradition. Uh, so create memories, create traditions. Um, we've moved around the world a bit uh, different countries and the thing that we valued is making traditions that go with us wherever we go uh, 
because they can come with you. Can't, so, well, <laughs> unless it's going to Legoland, I suppose. And, uh, but that's an expensive tradition. I'm thinking cook breakfast for birthdays, uh, those sort of things. So have a think through that. Finances, uh, invest in the things we want them to do. So don't go and buy games, consoles, and computers, and iPads, and iPhones, and all the latest kit, and the latest games, and the films, and all of that. Buy sports equipment, buy musical instruments, uh, buy arts and craft, buy family games. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. So invest financially in the stuff that we really want to promote as family. Uh, give them a better option. So when they come home, they want to go out and play with their new football goal or, or whatever it might be. You can tell them my boys are younger, so uh, it's all about sport. Uh, time. Do things that promote family with your time and social relationships, okay? So don't do things that promote isolation and time on their own and default things. Those things are fine, but in... But Promote uh, family time that promotes social relationships. Have people around, etc. cetera. Uh, and then I put free time at the bottom. Uh, I'm, I'm going to sound really old now, but encourage traditional toys and games and sports. There's a reason they're traditional, because they've been around forever, and they encourage family. They encourage time together, whether it's Monopoly in the front room or... Uh, I've forgotten the name of the game. Cubs. Do you, know, you don't say Cubs. Do you? It's the Dutch game. How do you pronounce it? Anyone know? Now, there you go. You can all go home and buy Cubs. C-U-B-B-S. Is that right? Something like that. Uh, a good family garden game to play on the grass. Uh, invest in those things because then your kids will love to play them. Have you got it? Cubes. Or cube. Thanks. Are you Dutch? Great. Uh, because all of the, sorry, and the other thing to say, those things are not addictive in the same way, are they? They're great fun, but they are not addictive and they don't encourage isolationism and the future problems of that. So there's some basic things. So I've put there, discuss what you could invest more in as a family. Take that one away and talk to your, uh, your spouse about that or think through on the way home with your kids. What things would they love to do uh, more of as a family? In fact, ask that question on the way home and I guarantee they'll have some ideas and it, well, if it's, can we buy that game and play that, uh, maybe think of some others. Uh, great. I'm going to pray, um, and then we'll go. Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you for uh, this world that we live in, for all the good things that you uh, have allowed us to develop and create. Uh, we pray for this issue of tech. Uh, we know it brings many great things, many enjoyable and, and fun things, uh, many... Uh, easy things that we could never have done years ago, um, but we also recognize it brings many dangers. May you give us courage and boldness to be parents who uh, discipline and teach and, in, and enforce uh, behaviors and patterns and uh, things that will stay with them for the rest of their lives. Most of all, would we be able to model to them uh, a life of obedience and love for you in response to all that you've done for us on the cross of Christ. Uh, and we pray that as our children grow up, they would... Uh, recognize that we want them most of all to know you and to live a life that is glorifying to you, a life that is safe and positive and encouraging. And uh, may you give us wisdom in how we go forward from this day and think through some of the issues in our families. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Commission Podcast. For more talks and seminars from Revive 2019, check out slash revive. And make sure you're following us on our social channels for news about Revive 2020 coming very soon.